Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. <laughs> Good to be back. Well, it feels like we've we've been on, away from the studio for such a long time. Indeed. Yes. Uh, has to be what? That was 10, a, 10, 10, 15, something like that. That's a really that, good yeah. sound, Jamil. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, huh? <laughs> yeah, we we relax in the studio. Sometimes you just, uh, <laughs> so Beverly was completely cold sober during the holiday party that we had at Hop Grenade. Uh-huh. So today she's, she's making up for it. it. She, yes, she has taken it upon herself to have her own holiday party. She is a holiday party in a, an ugly sweater. It is so awful, isn't it? <laughs> You make it look good, though. But I bought it because it was so terrible. And there's certain aspects I don't know of of your physique or something that make it look really good. Flattering, but it's so terrible. It has horses on. It's so awful. (laughs) It's awful. Um, Oh, it's fine. I feel great, and I apologize because normally this is not normally. You apologize for feeling great. I don't usually drink you don't got to apologize for any of that. But I'm having a great day. You you do you. We all apologize for the show. I did me. I'm going to go out there and continue to do me, but I'll I'll check in periodically and make sure you guys are alive. Okay. And I'll get you beer. Awesome. Love you. Thank you, my dear. Hi, John. I didn't say hi to you. Hey. (laughs) Good to see you. (laughs) She's already gone. She's gone. Uh, She's gone. Well, uh, you know, it really is nice to see her having a good time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. She works hard, that lady. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she has to clean the floors and do all the dishes after every show. And, you I know. know. They work her a lot. Vacuum. <laughs> yeah. Everything. What are you, what are you guys living in the uh, seats and in the 30s or something? <laughs> Depression? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a Cinderella thing. I think. They, didn't, they didn't have floors during the Depression, Jamil. Tell about it. Was. Well, I mean, that women are like just meant to uh, clean and uh, cook and stuff like that. That's what I meant. No. no, no, no. Are you, are you, uh, no, 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 no. of the no, cave no. living uh, type of people? No, not at all. No. Hmm. Totally not. I don't know. It sounded a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit suspect to me. Mm. No, we weren't speaking about women in general, just Bevo in particular. Just Bevo in particular. She's very lovely and very, she very kind. She is. Yeah, that's okay. We forgive you, Beverly. Okay, the beers are coming. Thank you. The beers have arrived. She spilled a bit, but that's okay. That's okay. Is it a problem that I've had more calories from alcohol today than from actual food? It's called it's it's called liquid lunch. 
quit lunch. There's nothing hey, wrong with that. The monks did it. Yeah, that's right. Of course, they didn't really ferment them that, you know, well. I mean, it was right. more calories than uh, alcohol calories. Really? And this is from your Wayback Machine, uh, yeah, Mr. Well, Peabody? Yeah, re- reading, well, reading some of uh, Ron Pattinson's work, you know. Oh, and uh, you know about about those Lent beers. I mean, they didn't. They were they were rather unatten- unattenuated because uh-huh. uh, they they knew where they were. They needed the uh, the wort as opposed to the alcohol. So what are they? Mm. You know, traditionally so. percentage wise, what would they be? Oh, around? you know, seventy five percent attenuated kind of thing. Oh, it's still or, pretty good. That's still like yeah. you're probably doing a six or seven. Well, yeah, I mean like seventy five percent of seventy five percent attenuation. So, hmm. you know, uh, finishing gravity is in you know in the thirty, you know ten thirty kind of area. Well, yeah, I mean the the Belgians nowadays, they're they're getting you know eighties in attenuation on a lot of them. Yeah. So, yeah, that would still be substantial. Still some alcohol there. Oh yeah. Just some some yeah. sweetness to follow up with. <clears throat> Lots of sweetness. Neat. Great thing about alcohol is it deadens your your the hunger. When you're hungry, I was hangry when I got here. Mm-hmm. Oh. Bevo shared her leftovers with me. Very kind of her. And then uh, I put some beer on top of that, and I am yeah, fine. I'm ready to go. Doesn't no, matter that I've, I've had about. Uh, 50 calories worth of uh, actual food, nutrition today, and a couple of beers. I'm good to go. Yeah, it's been a rough, rough day. I'm telling you that. Mm. What was the big problem? Uh, Life in general. uh, Mm. Decision to open a brewery. You know, all that stuff. (laughs) Comes back to bite you in the ass from time to time. You know, there's just so much to do and so many people to deal with and so many things going on. It's just endless. There's endless numbers of things to do at the brewery. Um, and plus, to, to make things worse, so we're trying to open a, our restaurant portion. Right. We're trying to expand our tap room to, like, add 38 more taps, a lot more seating, and then we're trying to add uh, a distillery all at the same time. It's just that plus, I mean, you know, all the travel. I don't want people to think I'm just whining about poor me, but man, there's there's a lot of shit to do. If you're going to open a brewery, it's just endless amounts of work. So just be aware of that. Sure, there's you know great things about it, but uh, mm-hmm. there's there's a, a shit ton of work. Yeah. Well, I, w- I would hazard to guess that you're probably a bit exceptional, you know, in terms of the average brewery Girth. startup. No. Oh. Brewery startup, yeah. I thought you were going agree. with girth, but yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, you know, the distillery and the travel and, I mean, you know, uh, mm. most people don't have to deal with, you know, all that and the celebrity that you, that you do. <laughs> well, all my friends at breweries, they, they know exactly how exhausting it is and how much there is to do, especially if you're trying to – I mean, if you're just selling beer in-house – even that's a lot of work, and there's a lot that goes on with that. And uh, you know, there's there's a ton of ton of stuff just there. But then if you try and sell outside house, 
and it adds a whole another layer to it. And then if you try and go, you know, further than just around your immediate area, that's another whole layer, another layer on top of that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really adds up. I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot to it. Um, I did have fun though the other day. Uh, we scabbed in a uh, a rims heater into the glycol loop on our little propagator tank. Yeah. So now we can heat the thing as well as cool the thing. And uh-huh. uh, we sometimes we'll make small beers in there when we're experimenting with a new batch. It's just five barrels, so we'll do small trials in that for the tap room. And uh, so, especially like sour beers and things like that, they're sitting, the warehouse is 40 degrees right oh, yeah. now. So the beer goes in there, it's ice cold, and we want to ferment some fruit with it. But nothing will happen because it's so darn cold. It's like under refrigeration. So that's why we put this loop in there. And so we finished it up yesterday around five thirty, six o'clock. And uh, getting this thing in, fired it up. And by this morning, it had taken the beer from 43 degrees to 70 in 12 hours on five nice. barrels. Yeah, I was very, wow. very pleased. That's impressive. So we got a cool little, our propagator is now heating and cooling. I had fun with that. And that I had fun with that because it was like a one-day project, and it works as expected. So <clears throat> something you, you could go. actually cross off the list. Exactly. When you cross things off the list, that is just a great day. So today, have not crossed anything off the list. Added probably twenty things to the list, and crossed off none. So that plus my email is backing up mercilessly. So I'm going to spend. So tomorrow morning, I got to get down to the brewery early Saturday to open it up for the uh, guys who are getting ready to do the epoxy floor behind the bar and the in the kitchen. Oh yeah. So you know, it's seven days a week, and then yep. uh, but I'll spend all day Saturday and Sunday just doing email. Wow. Doing tax reports and other stuff. Yep. It's seven days a week. It's been seven days a week for the last five years. Ugh. And, you know, not not really much vacationing. Yeah. Well, thank God for Bruce Strong, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With as prepared as we were today. It's your chance That's to just awesome. lay back. Drink some of your own beard. Speaking of which. Yeah, see... Here's one one of the funny things. I'm drinking Shallow Grave right now because they got it on the hop grenade. They always have a heretic beer on. Shallow Grave is quite delicious. But especially when I'm tired, I would just rather drink my own beer. Because mm-hmm. I know it's going to be good beer. I know I can just relax. I can just enjoy it. Some other beer maybe will mentally tax you. Right. I would have to think. You don't want to think about it. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure there's great beers there. I know there are. And I'm sure there's nothing really crappy on. Even that'll make you contemplate. Right. I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to think. You don't want to think negatively. You don't want to think positively. You just want to cruise. I just want to have a beer. (laughs) I just want to enjoy a beer. I don't want to be, like, first deciding amongst the... 
20 beers, which one I want. And then, you know, having to go, well, is this good? You know, what's in it? Well, how, you know, and just to think, I don't want that. I just want to relax and drink. You just want to put your liver on the surfboard. Yes. Just let it ride. Put my liver into cruise <laughs> mode. Let it ride. Just mm. set it for double nickels and let her, let her rip. Mm. Let her rip, tater chip. Mm-hmm. Well, I must say Shallow Grave is one of my go-tos as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Easy, easy to drink. Hey, silver medal at uh, JBF this year. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about today, John? Or are we just talking? Well, uh, today actually we are going to talk a bit about uh, storing all of our various ingredients that we use in the brewery and mm-hmm. how best to store them. Mm-hmm. Um, how to prevent, you know, uh, vermin and uh, mm-hmm. customers from attacking them and. Uh, there you go. Kind of I think the new product line for Blickman Engineering ought to be a storage system for all your goodies for, for brewing. Yeah. You come up with the perfect hop freezer malt storage locker that would dispense. You put your you punch your recipes into, uh, you know, whatever software. And then on the on the uh, on the the system there, the the fridge freezer thingy. You'd just say, yeah, uh, today I'm going to brew this one. And you'd pick your recipe or, you know, some recipes from a giant database or whatever. And it would just sort out, uh, you know, here's your here's your Kent Goldings. Here's your Maris Otter, Here's your, you know, mill it right out into the, into the bucket. And you just wander off and throw it into the brew stand. And there you go. That would be damn convenient. There you go. Well, and the guy to, to come up with it would be uh, Blickman Engineering. John, yeah. John at Blickman. John Blickman. Of course, I'm the guy to come up with it. He's the guy to implement it. All right. That's let's right. make this clear. I'm the idea guy. He's the implementation guy. Mm-hmm. And implement they do. They make some great stuff at Blickman Engineering. I don't know if you've had the pleasure, uh, you listeners out there, of uh, using the Blickman Engineering stuff. But everything is just well-made well-designed, constantly under improvement, and uh, constantly under creativity. They back up what they they build, they back up what they sell, and uh, they make sure they have happy customers. And that's one of the reasons we're thrilled to have them as a sponsor. If you're looking, if you've looked at Blickman Engineering stuff and, uh, you know, at your local homebrew shop, you're like, ah, it's a little bit pricey for me. It's really nice, but, you know, I'm on a, a strict budget. You should check out their uh, Anvil Brewing stuff. That's that's something that John uh, Palmer's worked with John Blickman on. That's at, right. Uh, to get uh, you know very solidly built, high quality equipment, but maybe fewer bells and whistles, and uh, just a little more straightforward, uh, just good quality stuff, and uh, stuff you can trust uh, by buying the Anvil uh, uh, equipment. So check that out, AnvilBrewing.com or BlickmanEngineering.com. If you enjoy the shows. Please send an email to feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com and tell John how much you enjoy uh, that he's paying for the shows, that you appreciate it, that he takes some of the money that he makes off of selling uh, brew gear and and ensures that he's giving back to the community, uh, which he loves doing. So check that out, uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. All right, so we're talking about uh, storing stuff. Uh, I think that that is actually an excellent uh, 
an excellent question. I I remember the the an email from one of our listeners uh, suggesting that we talk about that. I mean, what kind of things are we talking about? We're talking about malt, obviously. We're talking about hops. Those are the, the common ones. But uh, what about things like, I wonder, you know, your your brewing salts and things like that? Do, you know, which ones degrade? I mean, do they need, uh, you know, airtight storage? Should you... Um, yep. You know, we're at the brewery. We're we're buying uh, zinc uh, uh, for our yeast, and um, you know it's cheaper in you know fifty kilo sacks. Um, you know, do I need to worry about that? Uh, you know, turning into a brick or somehow degrading um, water. Some people they'll uh, you know store their water up over time. Uh, you know, they'll they'll collect water from like an RO system or something like that and, and then use it to brew the next day or something like that. Um, uh, packaging materials, bottle caps, oxy caps, do those uh, need special storage requirements? What about cans? Cans in our brewery, the liner will pick up odors from other stuff. So you have to be careful of that, I know. So I would imagine the same thing goes towards bottle caps. Uh, is that a storage requirement? I don't know. Uh, lots of questions for you, John. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a short break. Let you uh, brace yourself for the deluge of questions. And uh, we'll be back right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20 gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your Brew Easy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The Brew Easy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your Brew Easy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. 
Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Oh, yeah. That's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft lines. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We're talking... uh storage of stuff one of the things that we i didn't mention in my list of things you want to store was uh yeast and how you store yeast but i'll tell you this the (coughs) pardon the um the task of choosing a yeast has become far easier with uh, white labs they have a great search engine and i've used this personally um where you can enter in uh, various parameters on yeast, and you can search the whole yeast bank and see which yeast might be appropriate for the beer that you want to brew. So, um, you know, otherwise you're looking through this long scrolling list and reading all these descriptions, and you're not sure you've actually looked at all the right yeast that will do what you want it to do. They've got this uh, down for you. All you got to do is go to uh, whitelabs.com slash yeastbank to try it out. Don't keep guessing which strains will work best for you. Do a quick search and find the perfect strain to make your next brew shine. Check them out, whitelabs.com. All right, uh, we're talking uh, storage of stuff. Uh, how, how about, uh, what do you want to start with, John? Well, that's a damn good question. Um, you know, I think I think water would be an easy one to get out okay. of. Okay, okay. Since I always have water on the brain. Yes. Um I mean, uh, I, I, people store it in poly uh, uh, drums. They, they've stored it in trash cans. They've stored it in uh, in their their pots. Yeah. Um, pluses or minuses? Any of that? Well, uh, you, you brought up a good point initially, and that is uh, a lot of people need to store reverse osmosis water uh-huh. um, because you know the systems take a while to generate it. Uh, uh-huh. So you know you'll collect it in a in a container of some sort until you're ready to brew with it. Um, at the, uh, you know, at the homebrew level, not a big deal. You can get, you know, um, uh, plastic containers, you know, water bins, storage bins and so on. Mm-hmm. Gets to be more of an issue at the commercial level. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and the reason, uh, that it's an issue at all is that reverse osmosis of water, um, is very corrosive. Um, it, doesn't have any dissolved minerals in it or mm-hmm. very very low amounts similar mm-hmm. to rainwater mm-hmm. and uh, it therefore it really there's a um, you know partial pressure vacuum whatever uh, how to call it it really wants to suck in um, uh, other sol, sol, uh, solutes and, it's a very, an osmotic like, gradient yes that's the that's the phrase I wanted mm-hmm so, yeah, it readily dissolves uh, metals, including stainless steel. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
so uh, we the any 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 um, reverse osmosis system will person you know salesman will tell you that you really can't store it or even pipe it through stainless steel because it eventually will cause pinhole leaks huh. so what you need is um, actually PVC mm-hmm. or an equivalent kind of you know plastic mm-hmm. pipe non-metallic pipe or did uh, the the RO tanks that come with those small systems are they uh, epoxy lined or something like that I think yeah, very often they're epoxy lined, and you know that's the thing when when you're talking about you know two five gallons or something like that. You know these smaller ones, mm-hmm. it's easy to get them you know lined. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when you get to much larger, you know, fifteen barrel, twenty barrel, that uh, coating uh, something like that's a little more involved. Right. Um, and but you know that's often that's often the best approach. I mean, it's hard to make a, a you know twenty a twenty barrel uh, plastic tank. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, just structurally, it's you know, pl- the plastic is not strong enough to support that much weight mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, when you get you know when you get to very large volumes. Um, but uh, the other one other issue when you're working with water, um, and whether it's reverse osmosis or or just tap water, is that um, when you heat water. You the you reduce the partial the solubility of carbon dioxide in mm-hmm. that water, mm-hmm. and you'll see that when you're stirring your mash and stirring your hot liquor tank, you'll see it fizz and carbon dioxide will come out of solution. Well, um, if you're in a commercial situation where you have a an enclosed hot liquor tank that you're say filling you know one day heating up overnight and maybe you know getting it ready for the next day you need to be aware that that carbon dioxide needs to vent and needs to be purged from the system mm-hmm. otherwise it will dissolve back in um, and can potentially come out of solution elsewhere in the system mm. say it like a, a dead end you know on a pipe somewhere mm-hmm. um, and you can get a very high local concentration of carbon dioxide mm-hmm. that creates carbon carbonic acid which mm-hmm. again is very corrosive so mm-hmm. um, one of the one of those things that uh, a lot of people may not initially realize when it comes to storing water mm-hmm. but um, now that's a consideration yeah, I don't know that our hot liquor tank is uh, vented I mean it must be somehow there must be some sort of pressure relief yeah I would imagine in most cases there is but uh hmm. yeah it's when you you know it's when you have um standing water you know uh in pipes mm-hmm. um that you know it can come out of solution mm-hmm. and uh you know and that can be an issue mm-hmm. okay now what about storing uh malt well um as uh tom petty says you know you just got to find a, a cool dry place <laughs> Um, great song on the uh, second Traveling Wilburys album. Well, and, and, and dry, uh, so not extremely humid because the malt becomes slack much much quicker. The more moisture, the faster it oxidizes, right? Right. And right. Uh, mold or something like that becomes an issue. I know in the tropics they have a real problem with mold and malt, even yeah. whole kernel malt. Um, once it's once it's been milled, it's much quicker to take up uh, water. Um, But on the other hand, you don't want it so dry that you lose the moisture from the malt. Um, 
And is that just because of a weight thing? Like you end up using too much malt or is there another reason for it? You don't want it to get too dry either. I think um, if it gets too dry, it could affect the friability. Mm-hmm. Um, it could. For, uh, especially for milling and stuff like that. Yeah. If it's already pre-milled, I think you're better off on dry versus, because I know what's going to yes. happen. Our listeners are going to like put in these, uh, you know, um, you know, moisture sucking devices and and stuff to to make sure their their malts as dry as powder. If we tell them dry, right, right. I you know, in most cases, you know, normal, you know, humidity, fifty, sixty percent. Um, you know, doesn't have to be desert conditions. Certainly, if you're in the tropics and you have or Florida and mm-hmm. have ninety percent humidity, a lot, you know. Right. Uh, storage um, with perhaps a desiccant in the container to help suck up some of the moisture right. uh, could be could be a good idea in helping well, to preserve that freshness. There are those uh, storage containers with the gasket, you know, the screw-on yep. lid and the gasket. These are dog food. They use them for preppers now, storing their their foods and such. Yeah, yeah. I have a whole series of those ken- uh, kennel containers, whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, dog food. Yeah, and that's, that's what I store mine in. And, um, you know. Yeah, I used, uh, you know, one-gallon plastic jars for more beer. and had kind of a little gasket in it. I stored specialty malts in that, you know, un, unmilled. Yeah. And they were mm-hmm. good for years. Yes. I was surprised how, how well those worked. And a one-gallon, uh, one of those jars held just about five pounds, which yep. is perfect for most specialty malts. I mean, you can, right. you know, one, five pounds of... Uh, you know, roast barley, you know, that lasts you a long time. The, the crystal malts would go a little quicker, but, um, you know, that I found that fantastic. They were cheap. Uh, they fit on shelves really well. Uh, you just write the, the, the malt on the top, and you're done yeah. done and go. Uh, so smaller containers like that, real nice for your individual specialty malts. Because I liked having, you know, 20 or 30 different specialty malts at hand all the time for whatever I wanted to brew that day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and what about, uh, you know, the difference between storing uh, whole malt and pre-milled malt? Well, pre-milled malt, uh, has pretty, actually pretty good storability. Um, they give you a nominal, you know, they'll say, yeah, it should be good for two weeks. Uh-huh. Um, take into account, of course, your local humidity level. Right. Um, but, uh, generally, you know, two weeks in a, in a bag. You know something mm-hmm. that's not just sitting open. Right. Uh, it'll be it'll be fine. Um, if you're in a high humidity environment, you know you may want to take some steps, um, putting it in a, in a more sealed container. Um, in drier conditions, um, yeah, it'll it'll keep for a good month. Right. Um, so yeah, I was always worried about oh, if I get it milled, I I need to brew the next day, and I think a lot of people look at it that way that, yeah and so what you're saying is hey you know i know i want to brew in the next couple of weeks i you know i work near my uh, you know homebrew shop and um you know i don't get a chance to go out there otherwise yeah it's okay to swing by after work pick up uh, the next couple of batches and uh, take them home with me and then brew over the course of a month and and i should be fine yeah yeah yeah, as long as you don't, as long as you don't expose it to high moisture, where it can, you know, mm-hmm. start getting slack or can, um, 
can get uh, mold. Right, um, or really high heat, I would think, would, right. would be high detrimental. Heat. Yeah. But, that, I mean, the, <clears throat> it's already been killed, mm-hmm. so that's, you know, that's a shouldn't right. be much of an issue unless you're, yeah. Well, that's going to accelerate any staling, I would think. Um, right. But, you know, the majority of the United States, I think, has fine storage conditions. Right. Um, yeah, just depends on where you're at, but. Yeah, cooler is better. Okay. Um, I've, in fact, I've taken to storing a lot of my um, less used specialty malts in the in the fridge, mm-hmm. you know, in, in my, my beer fridge, um, just because uh, it was convenient. And that way, you know, I, a couple of years can go by if I don't brew with, you know, whatever specialty malt, I know it's still fresh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, as long as it's uh, protected against uh, any moisture or any... Uh, one of the things I worry about storing something in a refrigerator is picking up odors. So if right. you have a dedicated beer fridge, yeah. If you're putting it in with the chopped onions and, uh, you know, sausage in, uh, yeah. in the home fridge, that could be an issue. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, I, I store it in, you know, Ziploc bags. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it... Uh, like in, it's it's a food, you know, and as right. you say, it, the malt can pick up odors if you're not storing it properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Well, I'll tell you, um, the craft brew folks, they have that catalyst uh, conical fermenter. It oh, yeah. is compact. It comes in a compact stand that allows you to put it on the, your countertop in your, in your brew fridge. And I know people are like, oh, you know, I don't want plastic. But, uh, you know, with the uh, Better Bottle and all that, I learned about the benefits of plastic. I switched from glass to plastic uh, because of so many benefits and, 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 you know, just as good a quality in brewing. And uh, that's why I switched over on that. This And this... The Craft Brew Catalyst, it's a plastic that is over 90% more scratch-resistant than other plastic conicals. 90%. 71% less oxygen permeable. That puts it in the realm of, you know, good brewing. You know, yeah. it's not just, uh, you know, HDPE, uh, you know, it's actually a, a quality uh, material that's going to allow you to, uh, you know, brew a, a, a beer of quality and not worry about the the fermenter uh because it's low profile again you can put it you know anywhere it's lightweight easy to move cleaning's a breeze because you can snap that lid off and reach in there and inspect uh you know you can you can instead of using a jamming a carboy brush down in which one of the part of the one of the problems i had with the better bottle was you can't really reach in there but on this you can snap the lid off reach in there inspect it gently clean it with a uh, soft sponge and uh you know you can do a lot of things with that and then it's got this three inch butterfly valve on the bottom the three inch butterfly you screw on any mason jar you can do a tube dump you can do a yeast dump and use that save that yeast in the fridge for your next batch fantastic uh makes it really easy to collect easter and fermentation and um the thing that i never see mentioned but i checked out was that uh you should be able to pasteurize this thing. You should be able to heat it up to pasteurization temperature. So even if you scratch the daylights out of this thing, you should be able to kill anything that's that's living in those crevices, and you should be good to go no matter what. So um, even though it's 90% more scratch resistant, you've kind of got a, a safety plan in there too. And, uh, you know, like at our brewery, we heat treat everything. 
and that ensures uh, no contamination. So uh, I like things that can be heated up. Everything I buy now, it's like, well, can it be heated up uh, to pasteurize? If the answer is no, I don't buy it. So learn a lot more at craftbrew.com. Check them out. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we will talk more about uh, storage of uh, of your brewing ingredients and equipment, all that stuff right after this. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Hey there, BN Army. Have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including White Labs, Y-Yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand new all-grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at HopTech.com. HopTech, totally not sucking since 1983. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch Do out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? 
go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. The Vault, created by White Labs. The Vault is a collection of new, creative, and unique yeast strains from around the world. These strains have never been available to homebrewers. Most have not even been available to professionals. You have the power to release the yeast. Through The Vault, White Labs is giving you the power to decide which strains are put into production and giving you the opportunity to brew with these strains. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault and pre-order the yeast strain of your choice and encourage your friends to do the same. Once 250 pre-orders have been achieved, White Labs will put that strain into production. The strain will be mailed directly to your doorstep, ready to make the beer you've always wanted to brew. This program was created with the home brewer in mind. White Labs is relying on you to help release these strains, which may blaze the way for future new and unique beers. Help release the yeast. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're planning out uh, Porno Steve's uh, month-long uh, porn tour of uh, Europe uh, and places to go. Going to be nailing my way through Eastern right, Europe. Right, He needs to, you know, the suitcase just full of condoms. <laughs> so which, uh, which country is going to be the lucky first choice? I'm flying into Amsterdam. I think that's a good first choice. <laughs> and then out of Amsterdam. Then He's going in and out of Amsterdam. In and out. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Uh, second? What? <laughs> what? What? Where? Where are you going after that? He, oh, he, no, he hasn't I'm, worked it. We're, so, that's what we're working yeah, out. Yeah, I haven't even worked it out. It's just the plane oh, tickets see. were insanely cheap. Um, like a coming in I'm to thinking, a month. I, 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 give him a couple of itinerary items in Amsterdam. I'm not sure. I don't think I would send him down towards, you know, Bruges, Brussels, all that first. I think because he wants to get out to like Slovenia. I mean, really, you want to get to Prague is where you want to get get to i would i would that, uh, send north? i would send the boy like east. north northeast no i'd send the boy it's 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 uh, southeast uh, from amsterdam i would send the boy east have him go through yep. through dusseldorf and cologne and then drop down the rhine visit trier which is an incredible city um that is like you know the second largest roman city ever like the massive baths and everything there that's that's a really cool city and then cut cut east further, maybe go through uh, like uh, Bamberg or Rothenburg. Oh, Rothenburg. Yeah. Um, and head out towards Prague. And then maybe, um, you know, maybe cut south from there or, yeah, cut south from there and get, get across... Uh, um, Come back up through France and Belgium, and maybe hit or like Poland. Belgium yeah. and 
and uh, Bruges and all that on the way back, and then uh, out through Amsterdam. You know, I don't play travel agents, so here's one of the things, you people. Do not send me emails going like, hey, you know, what breweries do I go to when I'm in such and such? Because I'm not going to help you. I don't know. I And when I do these trips, I spend, like, many hours online Googling this and Googling that and figuring it out for myself. I don't know. Especially, like, in the Bay Area. Oh, I'm going to be in the Bay Area. What breweries do I go to? I don't know. I don't get a chance to go to the breweries. I'm working when I'm here. (laughs) So, uh, I hate to tell you, I'm the worst travel agent. But for Porno Steve... I'm going to help him out with this. I'm going to, I'm going to, well, he's, you know, doesn't really know his way around the Google map. That's true. What's a Google map? Yes. Um, I think there is, uh, I think, I think it could be quite the trip. And then once we have it all mapped out, you need to stick to it generally. Let the listeners know where you're going to be. And then we'll see if we Uh, need pictures. Yes. We need pictures. We'll tell them all to bring. Dildos and lube. All right. There you go. Um, speaking of which, uh, all right. So we're going to talk about uh, what about uh, hops, John? What's the storage on hops? Um, cold. <laughs> Colder the better. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. I mean, <clears throat> uh, hops. Um, we've learned so much in the last fifty years on you know what what makes hops bitter in beer you know where does that bitterness come from um and we and we had our our hops hop oil show a few weeks ago um where we talked about you know the oxidized beta acids the oxidized alpha acids the isomerized alpha acids and so on but um part of that um is a, a, a quantity we call the hop storage index and the hop storage index um, is, well, technically it's the ratio of the absorptance at one wavelength where um, the isoalpha and, and, and so on, or the, sorry, the alpha acids um, r- respond, and uh, the other uh, wavelength where the oxidized beta acids respond. <clears throat> and so between these two uh, readings, you make a ratio um, lower is better, and this hop storage index gauges how much of the alpha acids have oxidized and how much of the beta acids have oxidized. Um, the beta acids thereby, you know, um, be- becoming more bitter. The alpha acids becoming less bitter in terms that they they can no longer isomerize. So you're you're kind of weighing, you know. Um, the bitterness index of that hop, um, how you know, versus how long, how well it ages. It's interesting that uh, like American cluster hops ages very well. Watery grape. Uh, pardon? Sorry. Oh, we're drinking. Okay, American cluster aged very well. Um, its hop storage index was very low, meaning that um, as it aged the loss of alpha was balanced very well by the rise in oxidized beta. And so, mm-hmm. you know, ounce for ounce that you would use in your beer, you would still get very, very close to the same level of bitterness. 
today's high alpha varieties uh, very often have um, higher values of hop storage index, meaning that they lose, you know, they lose more alpha in proportion to the amount of beta that um, <laughs> oxidizes. A big, you know, because a lot of today's high alpha varieties have three times as much alpha acid as they do beta acid, mm-hmm. whereas it used to be, you know, such as in clusters, more of a one to one sort of relationship. Right. Um, well, and I, I think what you're saying is the key there is oxidation and degradation of those those uh, alpha acids, and yes. the colder you store them. Uh, the longer it lasts. I, I, you know, home brewing. I would get uh, uh, hops uh, from more beer properly nitrogen flushed, stored in mylar bags, and I could throw those in my home freezer, which was you know, um, cold but not massively cold. Right. And degrees. Uh, yeah, and it would. Uh, you know, I could go years later. Pop over one of those packs, and it was fresh. I mean, the yeah. hop aroma was all there. Maybe the the bittering changed, but it was hard to tell because I still don't. You know, on the really hoppy beers where you're going for bitter, it tends to still be there. When you're going something more mild, it tends tends to be you know that far off either. Yeah, cold really helps because it slows down all the oxidation reactions that we're mm-hmm. we're talking about with hop storage index. Um, of course, another way to prevent that is uh, is reducing the oxygen exposure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the nitrogen flush bags come in, right. uh, the oxygen barrier bags. Like our friend um, uh, at Nico, Nico at Nico Brew. That's right. That's what you yeah. get. All right. All right. Yeah. But you can also do pretty well by double bagging with ordinary Ziploc bags or mm-hmm. freezer bags. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had real good luck storing leaf hops. Right. Uh, in a, what in about a double the, Ziploc? Uh, a lot of people I know use the vacuum sealers. You know the oh, yeah. the food vacuum sealers, and you can suck the air out of those. I'm sure sucking the air out helps. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe the first thing to do is pump a little nitrogen in there, and then you know, or carbon dioxide. Yeah, yeah carbon dioxide. I, I think there's still you know a fair amount of oxygen in there. Well, um, if you're using welders, carbon dioxide, no. So. Uh, well, I mean, it's just, you know, the, the carbon dioxide tends to break down and get some reactive uh, uh, carbon monoxide, and, you know, you get those wow. kind of things happening. Um, nitrogen being one of the better ones, argon, something like that. Um, right. Yeah, you know, I don't think you need to go that crazy, though. And that's that's if you're packaging off thing. your own. Let's say you do a bulk buy with the club. You guys have bought, you know, a bale of hops. I would think it's worth renting a nitrogen cylinder from the welding supply, flushing them, and then vacuum sealing them. I think it's worth doing if you're if you're doing that, like yeah. a, a giant bale or something. Right. If you're home brewing, what I did was I squeezed out as much air after I opened the pack and used what I could. I squeezed out as much air as possible, rolled the end nice and tight, you know. So instead of just leaving it open or putting a piece of tape over, I rolled it. So I had a nice, you know, seal and then put a piece of tape around it. And then it seemed to to keep a fairly long time as well as I I kept in the freezer as much as possible. I didn't let it sit out warm all day while I was brewing. I'd get my hops out of the freezer, put it right back in the freezer because, you know, temperature uh, really does a lot on uh, protecting against, uh, you know, 
oxidation staling. Yeah. And then, uh, I and mean, if that's you're in a high humidity environment, you don't want condensation on those hops right. before you put them back in the freezer either. Right, right. Moisture will accelerate the, the problems as well. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, now, what about, uh, oh, what should we talk about next? Uh, how about equipment and, and, and things like, uh, we were talking bottle caps. Yeah, yeah. Those, uh, I found storing oxygen. equipment, um, you know, you want to keep it where it's going to be, you know, clean. It's not going to build up dirt, you know, a lot of dust or things like that. You know, pots inverted. Yes. So that, you know, you're not having to clean them before you brew. If you, if it's washed and cleaned and, you know, uh, if you invert it and set it upside down, it'll drip dry. So you're not getting a bunch of liquid in there, drying in there, or possibly aiding corrosion at the uh, air-water interface on stainless, mm -hmm. upside yep. down. And then it doesn't build up dust. So when you're ready to brew, you just flip it back over, and it's perfectly clean. Um, I had a big problem with uh, spiders, black widow spiders, in my <laughs> brewing yeah. tubes, uh, brewing uh, hoses. Um, I'm not sure what I should have done about that. I, I would hang them so that they, you know, are a nice arc so they don't get kinked. And then uh, they dangle down on both sides so they would drip dry. But uh, apparently the spiders seem to love that. <laughs> I, I haven't had spider problems. Uh, rat problems have been an issue. Um, climbing inside the inverted brew kettle and mm. finding it a nice place to hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, subdividing it and charging higher rent and so on yes Rats. Um, huh yeah i but, haven't been uh, to your house john but it's starting to sound very interesting <laughs> bears rats fires uh-huh yes you, know, you got a zoo uh, going on huh <laughs> oh yeah it's 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 you know all part of the uh the nature package out here <laughs> well john i enjoy i uh, hope someday to see your package uh, and what about things I, we were talking uh, at the beginning about things like caps you know it's got that liner in it yeah. which uh, you know I was saying my experience with cans was that um, in a brewery you need to be careful about running uh, you know gas powered or diesel powered forklifts you don't want to store it where you know there's aromatic materials that will the liner will take that up yeah. Um, I imagine the same thing is true about bottle caps. And what about like oxy caps? Uh, do you need to store the oxygen absorbing caps? I mean, you know, we all have heard of them. Some of us use them, but do we know for a fact that they actually work? I mean, somebody could just print oxy cap on, a, you know, and tell you they're oxy caps, right? Right. Yeah. Do you really uh, know that they're working? Do you really know there is such a thing? Do you really know that when you put them on your bottle, it is absorbing something? Or, you know, if it was working, it's done with already because it's got sucked up so much oxygen. Yeah. Good question. I think I would have to turn to our good friends at More Beer or uh, one of those folks that, uh, you know, works with those kind of caps a lot, knows more of the ins uh -huh. and outs of them. To the best of my knowledge, um, they're oxygen gathering properties are activated by when they get wet. moisture yeah right so we say wet but what if it's a high humidity environment 
I would imagine yep, that have some question. effect, right? Yeah, it probably does. So you should and maybe, store them maybe, in a way, maybe a desiccant in a in a container that's yeah, you know? Ziploc bag desiccant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, you know, they don't really don't sell little desiccant bags. I mean, you you get them in all the <laughs> right. uh, you know pieces various... of electronics and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but uh... they sell them. So. Um... You go on Amazon. Okay. And you're looking for, like, flower drying and all that stuff. They they sell, um, like, uh, uh, big shakers of uh, desiccant. Hmm. And you put that in, you know, some sort of uh, little fabric bag or something and drop that in there. Okay. You sprinkle it in loose. I don't know. That's a good tip. Yeah. Yeah. They're not very expensive. It changes color when it's, you know... When it picks up enough uh, moisture, so you know it needs changing. Yeah. So, do you do a lot of flower drying there, Jamil? Well, I don't want to toot my own horn, but in the flower drying community, I am known as something of a of a pope of flower drying. Oh, I, uh, okay. I, I spent I uh, many years, uh, you know, uh, drying classic flowers. I don't know if you've heard of that book. Oh um, yes. But, Such uh, a classic! It is a classic. It's, it it's is. well well received. Um, yeah, yeah, drying classic flowers. Uh, look for it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed, drying classic flowers. All right, so uh, that takes care of caps. Is here all that? Let's see here. Um, well, you know, let's I told talk you? about bottles just for a second. Okay. <clears throat> I was, um, you know, attending the um, various um, MBAA, ASBC brewing conferences, and they had a really interesting um, talk, um, you know, for the commercial brewer about bottle flaws. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, and know, they are like, flawed too. I tell you, they're far worse than cans. Yeah, the I think it's you know it's not it's not a topic that probably gets brought up at mm-hmm. all to home brewers but um i think it's something to be aware of i mean a lot of brewers you know go to go to their local homebrew shop buy a case of bottles and take them home and and don't think any you know don't see any reason why they can't just fill them and use them um but it's interesting that there are um flaws that can occur in bottles where you can get uh, what do they call them bird swings um you get little glass filaments that uh, can occur inside the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when they're forming them, um, that can be, you know, you can't see them, especially when the bottle's full. But it help, so it pays to inspect your bottles before you use them. Mm-hmm. Uh, look for debris mm-hmm. um, and uh, anything that could be in there. Right. Um, if you're going to, you know, ha- uh, store bottles in your garage, um Store them in boxes. Um, store them covered mm-hmm. again, preventing bugs and so on from crawling mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, you know it's kind of a kind of a kind of a sort of a common sense sort of thing, but still something to keep in mind. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I would I would say if you're reusing bottles, you want to make sure that they're spotlessly clean, no organic matter in them. You want to yeah. make sure that you store them up upside down so they drip dry, and um, 
you know, if not, you don't want to reuse those bottles. If you're not right. going to go to that that extent, um, you know, how many bottles can it, times can a bottle be reused before uh, the stress of pressurization and all that causes it to uh, weaken substantially and fail? I don't know, but I'm I. You do. I mean, I think the stresses of recapping mm-hmm. um, very often. You know, you'll you'll break the lip off the bottle. Hmm. Um, if, you know, especially if you're not doing it carefully. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I, I think uh, one of the indicators might be uh, you know you see a lot of uh, scuff marks and scratches on something on oh, a yeah. bottle. Yeah. Uh, it's probably been used so many times that well maybe it's time to retire that to the recycle bin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a safe bottle will always be, you know, without lots of uh, scuffs and scratches on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. And if you've been to places where they recycle like Coke bottles and stuff, you'll see, uh, you know, big bands of, it looks like the, the bottle's been sanded down. Oh, right, yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, they're still they're still fine. They're, those hold a lot of pressure. Um, but, you know, it's something to be aware of. That's a really worn bottle, been through the been through the uh, hoops a lot of times um you know what i love doing john i i know of a number of things that you love to do actually shh, shh, shh. don't <laughs> i love saving money ah yes that yeah well, that too <laughs> um and i love saving money uh on the things that i love which is brewing and drinking and uh food eating ah yes one of the ways i can save money on all three of those is by using my brew guru app i got the brew guru app for free uh i downloaded it off the uh the google uh, play store but you can get it for iphone off of the app store it's from the aha uh, the homebrewersassociation.org and it's free to start and you don't even have to be a member but it eventually requires you to be a member and i'm telling you you will pay for that that membership easily if you like eating or drinking or brewing you will pay for a membership just by having the brew guru app because when you're in a mood to eat or drink or, or brew hit the brew guru app see where all the uh the places are around and they give you an aha discount reap the rewards that simple and not to mention, you know, all the other cool things that uh, the AHA does, the Brew Guru app uh, does. You know, you've got your member rallies for free. Uh, we do them at Heretic every year. And just attend that, and you will get more back in value than you paid for your membership. Uh, you know, if you ever want to go to the GABF, well, the most important session, the best session, is the member session. It's Saturday right after the award ceremonies, and everybody makes sure to have their best beers on for all the, the, the members. You have to be a member for that. Uh, the AHA, uh, you know, uh, Homebrewers Conference, uh, you really want to be a member for that. You get the Zymergy Magazine, which is excellent. Uh, John and I both write for that frequently. Um, you really can't go wrong. But, you know, it all starts off with that Brew Guru app. Just download that. Even if you're not a member, check it out. I guarantee it'll it'll convince you you should be a member because you'll it'll pay for that and you'll get all these other benefits for free. Plus, you're supporting a great organization that looks out for homebrewers. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up uh, uh, talking about uh, 
storage of stuff with uh, yeast right after this. Brewing great beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support. Like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a brew 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift. When you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. to brew has never been so disgusting this is brew strong all right we're back we're back <laughs> we're talking about bevo and uh, um how she looks and thing. how wholesome and yeah. natural yeah yeah, yeah. and all that she stuff holes in her sweater she's wearing a, a horse sweater <laughs> Ah, it's uh, unable to you uh, contain the sweater Hogan's, but uh, um, yeah, there you go. Oh, speaking of which, uh, this is probably appropriate uh, going into Adam and Eve since everyone's all perving out all of a sudden. Uh, Adam and Eve, uh, they are determined, bound and determined to help you spice things up in the bedroom. And they are backing up that promise with this special offer. Go to AdamandEve.com. Use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at AdamandEve.com, and you are going to get 50% off of just about any one item they, they offer. Okay. What Christmas sweaters? <laughs> what's the catch? There's no catch. That's all the money you are, you are parting with. 50% off of any one item. And there's, it's not like they've jacked their prices up to 500% and you're getting like 50% off of that. They got like... Decent, regular pricing on all your needs, and you have off. This is no joke. This is no 
schemey thing. They're damn near giving they, things out for free. They they certainly are really? because they want you to understand what it is to be a customer of theirs. They got good customer service, and they know that it, once you experience buying from them. All your intimate needs are gonna. You're just gonna automatically go to Adam and Eve, and that's how they win by giving you great service, great products, great prices, fifty percent off that first item. Okay, you're using the offer code Jamil J A M I L. That's why you get the fifty percent off, and then you're getting free shipping, and and shipping is usually where they get you. You know, all these special things you see on TV, they get you on shipping and handling. Oh, we'll give you another one free. Just pay the special handling price, which is like another twenty bucks. Adam and Eve doesn't do that. Free shipping, no handling, fifty percent off the one item, and then you're going to get the free uh, Big O uh, kit. And the kit is uh, and their own exclusive Climax gel and a mini vibrator. Good for him. Good for her. You know, good for anybody. Whatever, whatever your situation, you could use it. So check them out, AdamandEve.com. Great folks. Uh, they've been supporting us for a long time. I think uh, if you have uh, such needs, yeah, give them a give them a check out. You know, ad- everyone should at least buy from them once. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? At least once, because you get the, the, the a serious deal there. Use very, the offer code. Very good deal. Yeah. I mean, if you're ever going to do it at least one time in your life, I mean, at, at some point. Have some fun. In your life. Have some goddamn you've fun. got to have some fun. Live a little <laughs> and go. use the code. AdamandEve.com, J-A-M-I-L. All right. So, John, uh, as we wrap this up. We were going to talk about yeast, right? We're going to talk about yeast. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Were you cleaning <clears throat> some <throat> cleaning cold. some yeast out of your throat? <clears throat> you grunting yes. one out or what? Yeah. <laughs> Storage of yeast. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, nutrients. Uh huh. Low oxygen. Uh huh. Um, no rapid changes in temperature. Uh huh. No pressure buildup either. Right, no pressure building. Oh, seal it up in a container. Yeah. You know, and that puts me in mind of a session show uh, last week or a couple, couple weeks ago. Um, um, Charlie and um, Dan Gordon were on the session. Oh, uh-huh. And uh, a listener called in with, um, you know, asking about how to better pressurize his loggers to reduce esters. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, and, and they they explain quite well that that is not the the goal or the point of uh, um, pressurization, um, but you know and and it and the point I was trying to make was that when you store your yeast, you don't want to store them under pressure. You don't mm-hmm. want to store them um, super cold. Mm-hmm. You want to you know you want to provide good hibernation conditions. Um, yeast go at the end of fermentation, yeast go into their stationary phase. Mm-hmm. They've built up their triolose and glycogen reserves, um, which are like storage carbohydrates that they can live off of. And um, if they're exposed to oxygen during that um, stationary phase, they'll rapidly they, use it up. Yeah, they'll rapidly use it up. And uh, so you want to kind of store them away from oxygen. 
store them at cool temperatures. Mm-hmm. You know, refrigerator temperatures are fine. Right. Um, that keeps their activity low. Well, and I would say that way, you want to go as low in temperature as you can without f- danger of freezing them. Right. Freezing is no good. Punctures their cell walls. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, low oxygen. And, you know, it's it's a good time um, to when you wake them up, uh, give them some nutrients, uh, you know, pitch them to a starter. Um, that way you're, you know, you've dispelled with any concerns about, you know, mm-hmm. pitching mm-hmm. Uh, weak and depleted yeast to your brew. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and one of the things that people often uh, ask about is, how should I store the yeast? Should I store it in, uh, you know, distilled water? Should I store it in, uh, you know, this or that? Uh, should I store it with the beer? Um, and, and one of the things about distilled water is, you know, the osmotic gradient in that is very high against yeast and can cause a problem. There's, there's, there's interesting... Yeah. Um, an interesting uh, thing about uh, Pasteur and um, and yeast, where he stored just a very few cells in in distilled water, I believe it was, um, and he put them on his shelf, ambient temperature, and they sat there for like uh, hundred years or whatever it was, and there were still live cells. It, you know, so the concentration is low enough, and it's distilled water. It was just this weird thing in a test tube, mm-hmm. and that worked. Um, and nowadays, we think of well, you know, we want to eliminate uh, any genetic uh, drift, and so we freeze them at you know minus twenty, uh, and you know that's how we do it today. But I thought that that was fascinating. And then, um, uh, you know, as far as uh, storing, is, when you are, you know, recapturing a, a pitch of yeast from a previous batch, if you believe that the the beer was sanitary and you had no bacteria, the best thing is probably just storing it on the beer. The, the yeast are already in that beer. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, I mean, you could try diluting it down a little bit with, um, uh, you know, some distilled water if you were sure it was it was sterile. Yeah, uh, actually, but, boiled water is is as good um, as you know off the shelf distilled water. It better, yeah. better. Yeah, I've seen off the shelf distilled water go go uh, out grow algae. Yeah. So uh, boiled water is good because you, you you eliminate a lot of the oxygen that's uh-huh. dissolved in there, uh-huh. and that's and that's one thing you want to. And avoid the minerals in the water are fine. Yeah, not a not a harm to the yeast. Actually, help them. You're not uh, changing the, the osmotic gradient as much. Right. So uh, yeah, I I agree with you there. Not not nearly the issue. Right. <clears throat> I think the most important thing in storing yeast is making sure that, uh, you know, you don't build up pressure so it's not a sealed vessel that's going to explode, especially if it's like glass or something like that. 
So if you want to seal it off, I've used a parafilm or you use a, a saran wrap and a rubber band. So that if pressure builds, it'll just blow that thing off and you won't end up with a, uh, you know, a, a growler bomb in your, in your fridge. Yeah. Uh, when you shake it, when you open the door, and then it explodes and shards of glass go flying. Um, so I'd, I'd say pressure, and then um, you know bacterial contamination or wild yeast contamination. Right. Got to make sure it's a clean uh, pitch of yeast. You know, if it's not, you shouldn't be storing it. Right. You should be right. starting over. Mm-hmm. Um, storing storing yeast packages, you know, before you've opened them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah. Dry yeast packages. Um, uh-huh. Should be refrigerated. Lot, yeah, should be refrigerated. Again, it goes back to the whole temperature thing. Um, you know, by keeping temperature down, you re- you slow down all those uh, oxidation reactions and other in metabolism that could potentially affect them. Yep. Um, same with liquid yeast. Keep that refrigerated. But again, not super cold. Right. Yeah. Good point. Cool. All right. I think that's a a nice show. I think the the suggestion from the listener was excellent. If you have uh, suggestions on, uh, uh, you know, shows you want to see, absolutely let us know. Bruce Strong at thebrewingnetwork.com. This was somebody uh, said, hey, you know, how do I store all this stuff? I think that was an excellent show idea. And uh, we welcome your ideas there, too. And if you want to do Q&A, if you have questions, send them in to Bruce Strong at thebrainnetwork.com. Uh, label them Q&A if you, if you don't mind. And if you have a show idea, label it show idea if you don't mind. Uh, and we will uh, get to those uh, as soon as we can. In the meantime, I would su- highly, highly suggest you check out our sponsors. Check out uh, such folks as Adam and Eve. Check out uh, Bruce Str- uh, Blickman Engineering. Check out uh, Anvil Brewing. Uh, check out all those. I would uh, also uh, suggest you email feedback at BlakemanEngineering.com and tell them how much you appreciate that they are paying for the show so you don't have to. You just download this thing for free and you get all this goodness. The least you could do is spend five minutes emailing uh, John Blickman at feedback at BlakemanEngineering.com. He really does appreciate He loves it. He appreciates it. Uh, and all this money he's spending, you know, people appreciate it. That's all he's looking for. He doesn't need anything more than that. So uh, check that out. If you got time, check out the Brewing Network store, brewingnetwork.com slash store. All the goodies in there, hoodies, hats, etc. All that, when you buy it, goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and keeps shows like this on the air. Until then, everybody, Brew Strong. Brew Strong. Brew Strong.